0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. We pray for those who've lost loved ones and their homes and livelihoods to Hurricane Ian. And sadly, the death toll and damage only beginning to be added up. And on Wall Street Friday, another big decline in the markets. The stock markets plunge, crushing 401ks and investor confidence. The bear market firmly established now. And the big question is when will all the pain stop? The answer seems to be not soon. At least that's the answer from the Federal Reserve. The stock market has lost about $8 trillion in market capitalization. And this has been without question an economic nightmare authored by a president who seems to be straight out of a stephen king novel biden himself is mentally impaired he's little more than a puppet managed by a cabal of marxist dems marxist dems who control not only the white house but the entire democrat party and the deep state and they are obviously intent on destroying the america that we all love and which is for the world liberty's last stand and in this moment of chaos and fear where are america's leaders biden is not a leader only a puppet and a prop as i've said and the marxist party led by lame ducks who've done historic damage to the nation as was their intent throughout and to our economy and they're not the stuff of which saviors are made they are destroyers We can't turn to business either. The big tech tycoons seek only their own wealth and interest, as does Wall Street. And now they have an even greater outsized influence on American politics, media, and, of course, public policy itself. Their power and influence are unchecked as never before creepy Bill Gates, who embraces darkness and disaster as he seems to invite Armageddon with his latest prognostication, declaring, as reported by the Gateway Pundit, that the United States is now so polarized politically that what Gates calls a hung election will lead, he says, to civil war. If so, it will be inspired by big tech, social media, big corporate media, and a Marxist-dim government, authoritarian in every way. And think about it. Elon Musk may soon be the owner of Twitter. Now in the grip of the big tech lefties, Musk just might be, might just turn out to be a stabilizer. And there is, of course, Salesforce billionaire Mark Benioff, who owns the vanity publication Time magazine. It's leftists and the plaything of Benioff and his tech pals. And, of course, no leaders at the Fed whatsoever. They're doing their best under Jerome Powell to recreate another 2018. When the Powell Fed raised interest rates into that midterm election, that was a tremendous gift to the Marxist Dems who took back the Senate and the House. Powell, again, trying to replicate his success of that year. Raising interest rates, driving quantitative tightening, selling off $9 trillion from the Fed's balance sheet. Sheer madness. And where is the Fed today? Why the Fed is holding an emergency closed-door meeting right now on the havoc they're creating both economically and politically. No good, no bueno, and no accident. And what a mess we're in. Chairman Powell did the same thing back in 2018, pushing interest rates higher and targets lower. President Trump saying that the Republicans would win anyway, despite the awful Fed policies. But the Marxist Dems did win back the House and the Senate that year. Thank you, Jerome Powell, trying to do the same thing this year. Powell, an idiot beyond compare in the annals of central banking and a dangerous one. So hang on, everybody. These are crazy times, obviously, and likely to get even crazier. And there are no recognizable adults at work in the Republican Party to fight off these Marxist-dim destroyers, whether they originate in corporate America, the Marxist-dim party, or corporate America. There are no adults, not at least at the national level. Thank God for our red states and bright state stars and leaders. With us now, one of those leaders and stars, our guest is Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Mr. Attorney General, great to have you back with us. And I have to say, the state of Texas is roaring right now. I want to start with the number of illegal immigrants that you and Governor Greg Abbott are transferring to Washington, D.C. and New York City. Good for you. Inspired. And the left is infuriated.
2: Yeah, it's it's. It's amazing that that they have created sanctuary cities, and they have in, say, New York, a few hundred and in New York, a few thousand. We deal with 4,000, 5,000 a day. They've never said anything about us. They've never tried to encourage us. They've never complained about the president whose causes. Uh, They complain that they don't have enough resources, that they're overwhelmed, and that it's somehow the fault of Texas, which is pretty hard for me to accept.
1: That's that is astonishing as you lay it out that way. Uh, the uh, the precious uh, mayor of New York C- City, Eric uh, Adams, uh, being bellicose about it all, is going to campaign against uh, against Republicans. <laughs> uh, he's going to show you what for New York style.
2: Well, look, I'm in some ways I'm glad this happened. He's got what four hundred. He might not even have four hundred illegals that have hit him yet. And yet he has this overwhelming problem. I think he is highlighting really what we've been saying since Joe Biden got into office. We got a real problem here. You're experiencing what I call a drop in the ocean compared to what we're experiencing. And it's affecting you in a very negative way. You would think he'd have a little compassion for our state who has to deal with 10 times the number that he's gotten total in one day.
1: It's it's astonishing when you put it that way, and I think that's clear for all uh, to to comprehend uh, when uh, comparing the scale of the of the problems that uh, New York's dealing with and the uh, the great state of Texas is dealing with. And what are you doing with all of those people crossing your border every day? What is what in the world can you do with that level of uh, of invasion?
2: Well, look, this is, a, this is, I'm just going to say what we've really got going on here. We have a partnership between the cartels, organized crime, who are trafficking literally thousands of people every day at a cost of eight dollars to $12,000. The Biden administration has told them, you bring as many people here as you can, no matter what their background. You don't have to, they don't have to run. All they have to do is come to the Border Patrol and say the secret word, which is not so secret anymore, asylum. And then we'll take them from there. You hand them off to us, and then we'll put them all over the country in the places that we determine that are best needed, uh, that most needs illegal immigrants, which is mostly Republican states who they would love to see turn blue and who would, they would love for us to exor- have to absorb all of those costs. And so let's just be, let's just call it what it is. This is organized crime in partnership with the Biden administration, bringing in drugs, human trafficking, and other crime, and doing it all in violation of federal law.
1: And I think you put it as clearly as it can be put. Uh, it, is a three, it is a three-party partnership, though. It's organized crime. It's, uh, it, as you say, the cartels and the Biden administration. Uh, this partnership uh, extends to the point that we're also watching deadly drugs come across the, uh, the border in unseen uh, levels. Uh, it's, it is amazing to think that fentanyl, the products necessary to manufacture fentanyl are being shipped from China uh, directly to Mexico and then put together, manufactured in Mexico and shipped across this wide open Biden border. It, it is the poisoning of America, as a number of people are describing it. And I think they're exactly right. This is well, a, a, a conscious effort to poison young Americans.
2: There's no doubt about it, and and this may be the, the hardest thing for me to personally deal with because I've had so many of my friends lose their teenage, their college kids to fentanyl. And these kids don't even know they're taking fentanyl. It's it's laced in other things, uh, and it's, it's so sad, and yet the Biden administration has looked at the border knowing, knowing this is what Americans need to understand and accept about the federal government. They know that by... By inviting all of these people to the border, that Border Patrol doesn't have the resources to do anything other than logistics. And so we're going to have more people, more kids die. A lot more kids die. Those numbers, as you said, are dramatically increasing. And the Biden administration has said we are willing to trade these children's lives to get more illegals here because we have bigger purposes than protecting our own children. That is a reality of where we're at.
1: That reality, uh, and, I, and I want to compliment you, I, I want to thank you for putting it straightforwardly like that and in terms that we can all comprehend. What I am dismayed at is that the Republican Party, uh, nationwide, is not speaking that plainly because it is absolutely clear to all who will look that the, that the Obama administration and its Department of Homeland Security in particular are pro-cartels. They are uh, pro-illegal immigration, pro-deadly drug smuggling, uh, pro-sex trafficking. It cannot be uh, construed any other way. When you open that border, you open this country up to to certain death for hundreds of thousands of people.
2: Yes, the Biden administration is participating, encouraging, and proliferating organized crime along the border, and as a result throughout the entire nation. And as much as I'd like to say we are a border state, we are a border state, but really every state now is becoming a border state. The Biden administration is doing everything they possibly can. It's hard to hard to accept this, that we have an administration that really is this evil. They are doing everything possible to encourage the continuation of this disaster uh, on our country, and and they're 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 pleased with it. They're proud of it. They don't come out and say they're sorry for it. We all know that under under Trump, the numbers were one third what they are now, and they dismantled everything that could possibly work, and put in place policies, not law. They created their own policies, ignored federal law, and as a result, we have all this bad stuff happening. Not by accident, not even by incompetence, but by pure planning and scheming by a federal government that says we don't care what the American, what the law is. We don't care what the constitutional role of the president is. We're going to do our own thing. And guess what? Literally hundreds of thousands of Americans are going to be harmed by this. Some of them are going to die and we're okay with that because we have a bigger plan and a better plan that's worth sacrificing uh, Americans along the way.
1: And, you know, I think they, they do believe that i don't know that it is in a, such an affirmative way as it is uh, simply uh expedient in politics on the part of the biden administration and the marxist dims who are running both that party and uh the federal government fentanyl seizures and i should point this out uh, at the southern border jumped over 200 uh, percent in uh july last month and we're We're seeing no response. We're not even hearing any statement from the federal government, uh, whether it be the White House, whether it be the DEA. There is nothing, uh, no response whatsoever. Does that, how can that be and how much longer can we tolerate that?
2: I think the Biden administration will do this as long as we let them get away with it, as long as they're allowed to control the levers of government, as long as American people aren't speaking out, as long as the Republican Party is not speaking out, the Biden administration will, will, run, will trample the law, they'll trample the Constitution, and they'll allow the, this continuing growing of fentanyl transportation and as a result overdoses, they will encourage it. It's not just that they're allowing it, they are encouraging the cartels hey, we're not going to, you don't have to worry about us anymore. You can get as much through as you want. Go ahead. We're more worried about logistics and getting as many illegals. So you can make money many, many ways at the border if you're the cartels. And the Biden administration has told them, is as blatantly open as you can, here's what you can do, here's how you can make a lot of money. And we're okay with what happens as a result.
1: The state of Texas is doing something about it. You, you're you responding. Uh, you are doing your very best to try to stop this. Uh, it, it's impossible, I would think, uh, for the state of Texas to be able to do that uh, on a sustained basis uh, month after month and, and certainly over the course of a year uh, or so. But having done so, you're also clearly agitating the the cartels because they're raising the level of violence in Northern Mexico. And there are a number of reasons for that, but certainly amongst those reasons, I would guess, would be the response of Texas uh, and uh, a a couple of other states to firmly responding uh, to the cartels and the drugs and the illegals and the sex trafficking uh, that's reaching their states.
2: Well, look, we are having an impact. It's not stopped. We're never gonna be able to stop because the federal government knows that they can, and so do the cartels, they can, they can run most of this straight through Border Patrol. You know, most people just come in and use the word asylum, and, they, and the Border Patrol takes care of them. They're given money, they're given phones, they're given transportation, and they're given a place to go. So we can't stop them unless we wanna have a, you know, a war, which is, you know, we're not, it's not gonna happen. So we can't stop the federal government from violating the law, but we are, we are capturing other people that don't wanna go through Border Patrol and we have uh, captured cartel members who have been bringing in smuggling uh, fentanyl. We've, I think we've, we've gotten enough fentanyl, had, had it been distributed, enough to kill every single American. And so we are making a difference. We are saving lives. We just can't stop the cartels and the Biden administration from their, their organized crime activities that they're doing together.
1: So, so where does this go? How, the number of illegals are crossing that border are rising. Uh, the drug, the deadly drugs are doubling in the case of fentanyl uh, and all of the other drugs, sex trafficking. And the media will not cover it on in on any significant way. The, the left wing corporate uh, media, all owned by American corporations, by the way. Uh, we are in a moment in history, the likes of which we have never, ever seen.
2: Where does this go and where does it end? I I think we're gonna have to hope that that something happens with Congress uh, and they can start having an impact, start investigating the Biden administration and and showing what they are causing, what they are purposely causing. I I I would put this story together and then I would tell the American people, say, this is your president and here's what he's doing, here are the facts, here's what they've been trying to do, here's what their purposes are, and now it's in the open. You guys get to decide, we get to decide two years later whether we want to keep this type of um, cartel activity and organized crime activity or whether we're going to, as America say, n- enough is enough, you can stop ruining our country because by then we're going to have 10 million people here on the low end and we're going to have a lot of dead kids. And that's pretty sad that we have to wait, but that's, that's what we have. We, have a, we, have a, we elected uh, this president and now he's, he's doing his damage as fast as he can.
1: And and as we're doing, we're talking about the enormity of and the, of the consequences of this open border policy and this this partnership, as you put it, uh, between the Biden administration, the drug cartels, uh, and of course, uh, the, the, all of the organized crime syndicates in the country that uh, want to get rich quickly are are there in force. What are what are we to do here? Uh, this administration just seems to be indifferent to the consequences, and we have Republicans like Mitch McConnell leading the Senate who will not even address the issue themselves.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the key here. The Republican Party has to step up to the plate and fight this, speak out on it every possible chance they get, uh, talk to their constituents about it, Make the American people aware of it. We're fighting. Texas is fighting everywhere we can. We've got our governor who's deploying assets. The legislature spending billions of dollars deploying assets along the border. But we only have so much authority. And then, of course, my office—we've—we've we've sued the Biden administration over 30 times. 11 of those are immigration lawsuits. So we're trying to do everything that we know to do. And the—you know—our people are still frustrated because they want us to take another step. And those next steps are are really challenging because they would involve a direct conflict with the federal government. And that's just, you know, that's a that's a pretty far bridge to have to reach. Well, we the federal government is
1: now in conflict with the American people. I, I take your point, Attorney General, but the, the reality is we saw in the raid on Mar-a-Lago, the president's home under a, a, such silly uh, and uh, absolutely absurd pretext. Uh, it, it's just we're watching right now the uh, something this country could not even have imagined, let alone experience. And it's an unprecedented act on the part of attorney general Garland uh, and this and this white house, uh, this Marxist dim white house uh, led by an impaired president. What are we to do? What are, what are your thoughts? What are your reactions to that raid?
2: So my reaction is I think what a lot of Americans thought it's unprecedented. We've, We've never seen the Department of Justice and the FBI go this far. We know that the FBI, just in the Department of Justice, there's a lot of corruption and that they do politically target parents who speak out in uh, school board meetings. They said they were doing that. They put together uh, a, a task force to take on parents who would exercise First Amendment rights under the US Constitution. They've gone after other politicians. They've gone after me. The reality is if we have a very weaponized FBI and DOJ and they're pretty confident that they can do whatever they want and no one will stop them. And I know for a fact, just having tried to do it myself, investigate the FBI and Department of Justice, they turn the tables on you and suddenly you end up in trouble and you're the one that's that's doing something wrong. That's why it's so challenging because they know that they can get away with anything and there's really, unless Congress steps in and starts investigating this and that we, we have a new president that, that goes in and cleans house, we got, we're gonna have real problems because we're getting very close to what they experience in other countries that are more totalitarian, like Russia and China.
1: We're getting very close, and and, and China seems to be the model here, the alignment, if you will, between Biden and, and Xi Jinping is, is very real. Uh, the, the relationship with the Biden family and China is, is documented, the corruption, but this this president is shipping a million barrels of oil to the communist Chinese when prices are sky high for gasoline, and he's and he's pulling it right out of the strategic petroleum reserves of the United States, and does so in broad daylight, fully in everyone's face. Uh, they, it's extraordinary that he gives exemptions to to certain oligarchs that just happen to have done business with the Biden crime family, uh, and. No one says a word in the national media. It goes on and on. And and I think that, and I will say this, for those Americans who are just catching up to the level of the threat to this great republic, the enormity of it is, it's utterly incomprehensible because it's literally the entire federal government arrayed against the, the citizens of this country.
2: There's no doubt. And we're going to definitely see this. We've already seen it when they didn't go after the Clintons for what they did. They didn't go after. They're not really going after the Bidens for what they've done. And, of course, you know, they're doing what they can to go after Republican leaders. And we're also going to see a massive change on middle class of America when they double the size of the IRS and they send more agents to to, to basically sick the American people and, and create a huge problem for the middle class. That is going to be another devastating thing for uh, Americans who are used to their freedom and not being investigated the rest of their lives.
1: 87,000 IRS agents to be hired, Uh, all at taxpayer expense, and they're going to be packing uh, pistols and AR-15s, I suppose. Uh, Well, they say they are, point blank. Uh, So you're going to have armed FBI, FBI agents, you're going to have armed uh, IRS agents, and by the way, there I, I don't know how many other law enforcement agencies there are sprinkled throughout the federal government, but it's a huge number. The American people better understand, we right now are a surveillance state, and we are teetering on becoming a police state. And I don't think there should be anyone uh, who doesn't understand that is the reality we face right now. Do you agree? No,
2: totally. We are a police state and And if you' if you're an enemy of the Biden administration, you could find yourself in jail, you could find yourself being investigated they will they will if you'll remember it was Stalin's secret police chief that said, "Show me the man, and I'll show you the crime and that's that's what the FBI does now that's what the Department of Justice does now and people need to realize if it can happen to the president, it can happen to me, it can happen to um, other leaders. It can happen to any American and that they they have so much arrogance right now they think they can get away with anything, and they may be right.
1: Oh, I, I, I don't doubt for a moment that that is what they believe. And they in, in believing it, uh, they're not being irrational because their experience tells them there is nothing they can't get away with. We look back through the Ob- entire Obama administration, uh, much of the Clinton administration, and they've proved, <laughs> proved that case over and over. And they and you, I believe, are absolutely right, Mr. Attorney General, when you say that this is uh, this all of this. The outcome rides uh, on these upcoming midterm elections. We're less than three months away now uh, to November 8. Uh, I know you're in a, a battle there in Texas. Uh, give us a sense of your campaign uh, and what you expect to be the result uh, for for the Republican Party come November.
2: Look, I think you know basically we've got a race between Beto O'Rourke and Governor Abbott that the governor should handily win, especially given how unpopular Joe Biden is. But I'm still not convinced, especially given the fact that our own Court of Criminal Appeals has struck down the laws that have been around since 1951, authorizing the Attorney General to go after voter fraud. I'm not convinced that we're not going to be dealing with voter fraud in Texas and a lot of other places. I don't care what the media says. I know for a fact that they tried to do in Texas what they did in Georgia. And What they did in Pennsylvania, we fought it off with 12 lawsuits. But now they've disabled, they've disabled me, and they've done it geniusly with a Republican Court of Appeals that no one knows, that has a, have final say on criminal matters in Texas. So we've got some severe risk going in the election. And but I do know this: if they don't cheat, we win. They cheat, we've got other problems.
1: Yeah, and they're going to cheat. We know they're going to cheat. There's just no way they would not. They succeeded in 2020. Uh, in stealing uh, elections? Why would they not? Because l- very little has been done to 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 put up any kind of defense in most states.
2: Well, I can tell you this. We put up a defense. Our legislature passed good legislation, but we have a court of criminal appeals. It's our, we have a bifurcated system. We have uh, the a Supreme Court that deals with their final appeal on civil matters. But the court of criminal appeals is nine members, all Republican. They voted 8-1 to strike. At, they did it. December 15, two days after their filing deadline to file the run against any of them, to put in place something that had never been put in place by the legislature, but striking down a statute put in place by the legislature 70 years ago with lots of precedent that said, I don't have the authority as attorney general because I'm in the executive branch. I'm not allowed to go into court, according to them, because it's a violation of separation of powers, which means the attorney general can't go into court anymore on criminal matters because they say it's illegal now. That's ridiculous. And I think it was planned. And I think it was planned because now we have DAs who are responsible for that, and some of these DAs in the large urban counties like Austin and Houston have are aligned with George Soros.
1: My lord, Ken, this is outrageous. I did not. I was completely unaware of that decision by the uh, the criminal appellate court. How how? It's stunning to me that they have the power to do that.
2: Well, so we, have, we, we should have fixed this a long time ago. We should have given uh, concurrent jurisdiction to the, um, to the Attorney General to do all prosecutions. The only concurrent jurisdiction I have was election fraud. And it was a genius move because if you're George Soros, you, you fund these races for court of criminal appeals, you put quote, Republicans in that nobody knows. I mean, I, can, I could ask 100 Republicans to name one member of the court of criminal appeals And I would get, you know, maybe 0.1% that can name one or two. So who knows who they really are, where they came from, who put them there? But I can tell you this, they're not conservative Republicans. They're they're doing something very dangerous in this state, and they are setting us up to lose elections. And unless the legislature fixes it, which now it's too late to fix before this election, they need to fix it in the upcoming session and hope that we don't lose elections in the fall as a result of this really smart move by George Soros.
1: Well, George Soros has made smart moves uh, across the country. He has now some 75 Soros uh, pro-criminal prosecutors in place, and having never even considered the thought, uh, we find out apparently he controls a a, a criminal appeals court, the criminal appeals court in in the state of Texas. Uh, You say you don't know who they are. You're the attorney general, and you can't. You, know, you don't know these people. You know nothing of their background. I,
2: I know a couple of, but look, most of us don't deal with criminal matters. It, it's we've got this bifurcated court and most people that most people don't think they'll ever have to deal with criminal court of appeals because they're not going to be criminals. They're not going to have criminal charges brought against them. So these guys get elected mostly by the, the district attorneys. They're the ones that fund the races for court of criminal appeals. They're the ones that knows know what go, what is going on. And the reality is the district attorneys have gotten more and more liberal and the big counties are more and more controlled by George Soros. And you can pick. Almost every big county in the state of Texas is controlled by George Soros, and now it's supposedly their responsibility to prosecute voter fraud. I ask you this. You really think that the Travis county D.A. in Austin is going to prosecute voter fraud? I do not. I don't think it's going to happen in Houston, okay. Dallas. It doesn't take that many votes in these big counties to change our state. And all they have to do it is they have to do it one time and we lose. We're never getting it back because then they'll never fix the law.
1: Well, I, I feel doubly stupid for not knowing this. When did they when did they make this ruling?
2: So they did this. So we were all running. Uh, we all had filing deadlines to run. And there's a month period from November 13th to December 13th that if you're a Republican, you file. Well, so... Everybody had to file, including of the nine members of the Court of Crown Appeals. they they have six-year terms, so every two years, three of them are up. They waited until two days after the filing deadlines, and no one could file, and they issued this extreme opinion that they changed the law. They struck down this statute that's been in place for over 70 years, and I've I've tried to talk about it, but I can tell you this. The media doesn't cover it. They don't want to cover it. Uh, It's been just hush, hush, hush. I talk about it every chance I get, so some of the grassroots in Texas know about it, but for the most part, the media has just buried it because they know that this is probably, in my opinion, the worst uh, court decision I've ever seen in my life, and it will have the most impact if we do not find a way to fix it before it's too late.
1: Soros, the courts, and the prosecutors. This man, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. He is so confident now. He once uh, bullied every, imagine this, billionaire. Mm-hmm of a media company. If you said his name, you're going to hear about it from your management, your owners or in some fashion. You know now people are really actually talking about George Soros and his influence over the political system uh, that is really fundamental because it's really influence over the legal system, uh, which means he wins in any conflict uh, wherever that jurisdiction uh, you know is. are uh, in Texas? Give me if you will, your best uh, your best thought about what what will be the result in in November
2: so if we have fair elections, I think that, that the Republicans will win by about eight or nine percent, and I think that there's there's no way that Beto can overcome uh, his history and his and people knowing about his history, and you know my opponent's unknown, so it, she's not going to move the needle. The only question is, are they going to cheat, and who, which race are they going to cheat? In? And if we can if we can beat that somehow, if we get another chance to fix this, which I really pray that we do, uh, you know, they're not going to win Texas for a long time.
1: Well, from your lips to God's ears, and uh, we'll be pulling for you, I can assure you of that, Mr. Attorney General. Uh, we thank you for being with us here today. Uh, we appreciate your time and uh, all that you're doing for the great state of Texas and for the nation. Thanks so much.
2: Well, thank, thank you, Lou. I appreciate you having me on.
1: Attorney General Ken Paxton, and now another great American, Pastor Robert Jeffress, a great pastor, inspiration of his congregation, all who hear and see him on all of his radio and television broadcasts, his many books, and we are pleased to say, who hear him on The Great America Show. Pastor, great to have you with us.
0: Great to be back with you, Lou.
1: Pastor, I, I wanna start with uh, an issue right now, illegal immigrants. President Biden just said, you know, that it, they can't do much about it. They got, we've got, uh, by some estimates, as few as 2 million illegal immigrants who've entered the country illegally in the, just since he was <laughs> took office, not even two years. Other estimates put that number somewhere between 4 and 6 million people have entered the country in that period of
0: time. Uh, Your reactions? Well, you know, I think most people have this stereotype idea that Christians ought to be people who don't honor borders. We ought to open the borders, let everybody come in. That is not God's plan. God is the one who ordained that we live in nations, and nations, to be a nation, have to have boundaries. They have to have borders. And this lawless behavior that Joe Biden and his ilk are condoning to allow people to come with unfettered access into our country is totally... Anti-biblical, and Lou, we've seen a lot in the news about what Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott are doing, and people say, "Oh, that's so horrible that they would, you know, send people to Martha's Vineyard." Look. They're not sending them to Siberia. They're sending them to a good place. There's nothing wrong with that. And these lawless governors, these lawless mayors of sanctuary cities, which is actually a lawless city, a lawless state, they ought to be made to feel the consequences of their unbiblical, godless actions and not gar- guarding our borders.
1: You know, I, I get a kick out of it, Pastor. the The, the left goes nuts. <laughs> a few years ago, the illegal immigrants were being held in cells, uh, and and detained, and they were just they were just having a, a fit about all of that. Uh, it was cruel and and humane uh, treatment, and, and then we were talking. They would refer to them as cages, and now here we are, with fifty to a hundred illegal immigrants uh, being chosen to be sent to. Martha's Vineyard, which is a, a, a rich person's playground, by, by certainly, uh, and also the president's very own hometown. Uh, they're in Delaware. They're shipping a 100 of them in there, and people are protesting. It's just, my goodness. and and they're, But the left is just as upset about that as they were <laughs> uh, holding them in detention cells. There's so much hypocrisy and ignorance surrounding it. And what I worry about is just the intelligence uh, of the uh, of the left because
0: they've decided uh, that we're
1: dumb enough. We're going to put up with their annex and buy into it.
0: Well, you're exactly right, Lou. And look, as a Christian, I mean, I wouldn't condone mistreating the migrants, even illegal migrants, but they're not being mistreated. They're going to a much better place than they were coming from, whether it is Martha's Vineyard or it ends up being a military base. They are being cared for. And uh, it's just a great thing to show the hypocrisy of these who would want to flaunt our nation's laws. Uh, and to Washington, D.C.,
1: uh, that's a that's a I think a cautionary note on sending them there uh, there that's in the swamp and I'm a little worried about the folks are sending into New York City uh, where there's lawlessness, lawlessness uh, beyond measure uh, it, it's it's like Chicago and uh, much of the rest of the country people are being uh, just walking down the street uh, acts of violence uh, it seems like every day in what was once a great city that is New York uh, it, well,
2: it's, could say this?
0: Yeah, and could I say this? Governor Abbott is a friend of mine, and uh, he's spoken in our church several times, and he told me a couple of years ago, he said, when we have porous borders, it's doing a disservice to these illegal immigrants. They are being tempted to make a very dangerous journey from Central America to the United States. Many times, women and children are abused or even killed along the way. It is unfair to them to create this porous border, and you know, in law, we have what we call a uh, 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 creative, uh, nuisance, a creative nuisance, uh, a nuisance of convenience, in which if you build a swimming pool and you don't have a fence around it and a child dies, you can be sued because you created this attractive nuisance that lured them in. Well, when we have borders that are unsecured, we're creating an attractive nuisance that really hurts those who are trying to migrate to our country. I think that's a great point. And,
1: and, as a, as a Christian, as we're watching all of this, uh, we have to take into account what it does to many of our citizens. We're putting those two to five million illegal immigrants who've come into this country into direct competition with American workers. And when those people come in, there's a reason corporate America is asking for those illegal immigrants to come in. And that's because they want to suppress wages and they want to get that labor and they don't want to pay for it. There's nothing new about this movie. And the only thing new about it is the unimaginable scale of it all. This is outrageous. And so I have a question. Are are ministers, are preachers, or pastors all around the country speaking out on this? Because... I, I'm just so delighted that you believe now that uh, that we, it is the time for pastors, uh, uh, our religious leaders, our
0: faith leaders, to get involved in politics. Well, there are not many speaking out on it. They're scared to death to speak out on it, or frankly, Lou, they're ignorant about what the Bible says about this. That's all I care about. What does the Bible say? And people have, again, the stereotyped idea of wimpy Christianity that never takes a stand for anything. That's not the God of the Bible. He has said, I've ordained the church to do certain things, and I've ordained government to do certain things. Government's not supposed to lead a spiritual revival, but they are supposed to. To protect our citizens and protect the freedoms of citizens
1: well you know those are wonderful words and I and I think that everyone you can't get
0: everyone to agree about anything
1: right pastor but <laughs> I would think most Americans would agree with that certainly uh, let let me ask you uh, let's talk politics here just for a minute uh, what is your view about what is going on right now uh, we're watching president biden say one thing at the united nations or uh, on 60 minutes and then uh, shortly thereafter out comes some lowly staffer to say well uh, <laughs> the, the, the president didn't really mean to say that we'll defend uh, uh taiwan he didn't really mean that about uh, the, those very nice russian people uh, you know it, it's just ridiculous
0: uh, your thoughts Biden is an unmitigated disaster for our country, and I think we have a great chance to elect somebody who embraces biblical principles. And uh, I think... uh, If President Trump chooses to run, I think uh, he's got just a tremendous uh, record to run on. And the record is not just his record when he was elected in 2016, but I hope he'll run on Joe Biden's record. We need a president like President Trump again, who will protect uh, the sanctity of life, who will protect religious liberty, who will protect our citizens as God ordained our citizens to be protected.
1: Now, he... No president had opened up the public square to a religion, as did President Trump. Uh, Are you seeing signs that that is being rolled back by uh, the Marxist Dems who are managing
0: Joe Biden? Absolutely. Is it being rolled back? And I think there are rogue elements in the Department of Justice and the Internal Revenue Service that would love to roll back those freedoms. And I'm not just speaking hypothetically, Lou. I know what I'm talking about. And I think uh, every religious organization is in danger right now of losing their tax exempt status. If they uh, speak out on issues that instead of being labeled biblical issues, the IRS wants to say, well, these are Republican values and you can't talk about them. And uh, there are attempts being made to do that. And that's why we need a president who understands that freedom of religious expression is not just a freedom, it is the first freedom in the constitution. Master Robert Jeffers, always
1: glad to have you with us. Uh, Give us your prediction on the outcome of the
0: election, (laughs) if you would. Well, I I think it's going to be a positive one. I think think that the Republicans will take the House. I, I can't predict what the Senate is going to be, but I think two more years of Joe Biden will guarantee in 2024 that we have a Republican president, and I think you know who I hope that is.
1: I think I do. I, I think I get the gist of, <laughs> of your preferences, as they say. Uh, Pastor Robert Jeffers, it is always great to have you with us here on The Great America Show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Lou. Pastor Robert Jeffers, two of his new books we want to recommend to you. The first is entitled 18 Minutes with Jesus, Drawing on the Powerful Messages Within Jesus' Most Famous sermon, Sermon on the Mount. And the second book, America is a Christian Nation, in which Pastor Jeffress lays out our founder's intention to build this great Christian republic, America. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Tomorrow, our guest is Senator Roger Marshall. We hope you'll join us. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America.
0: Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader.